Yesterday morning, I was asked to give uh, an address or just a greeting uh, to a group of men who were doing a retreat here in our parish. And um, I went over to meet them and, and uh, I said very simply, um, I, I used uh, the title of a book that I am reading at the moment, and it is a question of Jesus, and it was, I asked him, what do you seek? And uh, that's a question I could ask each person here this morning. What do you seek? The very fact that you are here, the very fact that they were there yesterday morning, is that they were seeking something. And the very fact that you're here this morning means that you are seeking something. Do you know, on, on Good Friday, we had um, the beautiful big cross here, and we invited people to write down something they would like to leave on the cross, maybe for healing or peace or, or something going on in their lives. And it was incredibly moving to see so many people come up and put a little red post-it on the cross. There were literally hundreds of them. And if I was to do the same today, to ask you to write down one thing that you seek in your life. Just reflect on that for a moment and try to imagine what it would be. I would dare to guess that it probably would have something to do with two things. It probably would have something to do with relationships or it would have something to do with, with a, a sense of peace or well-being in your lives. And um, the reason why Jesus asked that question, what do you seek, was something that he did at the very beginning of John's Gospel. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And some of John's disciples followed him. And when Jesus turned and saw them following him, it says in Scripture, Jesus gazed at them and then asked him them the question. And that gaze is a very symbolic. It is something that is very powerful. It is the gaze of God upon them. And I would go so far to say the very reason that you are here at all on Sunday morning at Mass is that God has gazed upon you because it is always God who takes the initiative. Um, we don't go to God in our Christian faith. God comes to us. And our presence here is a response to that gaze upon us. So when Jesus asked that question, what do you seek? The answer wasn't for him. The answer was for the question that Jesus asked. They had to answer it for themselves. What do you seek? It was a very profound question and one we should reflect on from time to time. Jesus asked it three times in his life. At the beginning of his ministry, he asked it when the people came to arrest him in the Garden of Gethsemane. Similar question, whom are you looking for? What are you looking for? Who, what do you seek? And then he also asked it again 
when Mary Magdalene was in the garden looking for the body of Jesus. Before she realized that he was resurrected, Jesus said to her again, what are you looking for? Who do you seek? So we have to uh, keep in mind that uh, these questions are being addressed to people whom God has gazed upon. St. John of the Cross has a very beautiful line when he talks about one of his great books on prayer. And it is, first, it must be known, if the soul is seeking God, its beloved is seeking it more. If the soul is seeking God, its beloved is seeking it more. So we have to constantly remind ourselves that God is seeking us more than we are seeking God. And it is something that we, it is the answer to, will draw us deeper into the mystery of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit that dwells within each one of us. John of the Cross, once again, has a lovely line. You are seeking God. You are yourself the very place where God dwells. So God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit dwells within each one of us. This love will gather strength, and this relationship will gather strength if we do two things. First of all, that we align ourselves and open ourselves and respond to that love that dwells within us, the love of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that if we pay attention to it and make it a priority in our lives, the way in which we do that most effectively is through two things, by making a priority in our lives what was a priority for Jesus. And what was a priority for Jesus is what he called the kingdom. The kingdom of God is among you. Jesus never preached himself, mostly. He mostly preached about the kingdom is among you. And St. Paul um, opens up that phrase, kingdom, to us, when he says that the kingdom of God is justice, peace, and joy. The first word justice means a right relationship. Most importantly, that we have a right relationship with ourselves. Peace is a, a right relationship with ourselves. I didn't finish that one. A right relationship with ourselves, but most importantly, a right relationship with God as well. So that is where a peaceful relation comes from. A right relationship with yourself, a right relationship with God. Peace is working to ensure that, that the world in which we live in, that there is an absence of division, an absence of violence, an absence of accusation. That we, each one of us, as part of our faith, as part of our belief in God, is working for the absence of all of these things in our own lives, in our families, and in the world in which we live in. And how important is that today? I would say nearly more than any other time, well, probably always. I think since recorded civilization, humankind has been at war. So it is something that we are called to be different about. 
to, to work for the absence of accusation, division, and violence in our lives, among our families and friends, and in the world in which we live in. We are called to be peacemakers. And the people who work at the first two, justice and peace, will be people of joy. Because from that will come a sense of doing God's will, a sense of being aligned with God. And it is inevitable there will be joy. The joy of the Holy Spirit will be in our hearts. I read recently that the only way we are going to experience God is not through a bolt of lightning coming down from the sky, but it is through our relationships with other people. And that is why when, when we're responding to God, it is important that we align ourselves with the vision of God, with Jesus. But also it is important that we journey as a community of faith on this journey. Because it is only through our relationships with other people, and in some cases very profound relationships, that we will get to experience the love of God. So every human encounter, every human relationship, has the potential to reveal to us and to show to us God's love in our lives. Every human encounter, we will never really know God's forgiveness in our life unless we have encountered human forgiveness and that every human relationship and human situation has the potential to reveal divine relationship in our lives. And lastly, the only way we're going to fully understand the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a community of faith, is through being part of a community of faith here in our own lives. So we have to pay particular attention to our human relationships because all of them have the potential to be messengers or vehicles of the divine in our lives. So when we listen to the Gospel of John and pay attention to what Jesus is trying to do in, in, through John's Gospel, welcoming us more and more into the, a divine relationship with the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, that we will become a dwelling place of God, and God will become a dwelling place for us. There is that um, a mutuality that John is inviting us to in the Gospel and in our whole spiritual lives as well. So remember, it is important that we ask ourselves from time to time, what are we looking for? And to reflect on what it is, and to hopefully be able to answer it as the apostles answers it, so that they may know Jesus Christ, who is the way and the truth and the life.